0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey. And if you have not heard any past episodes and would like to, you could check it out on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. We are going to pray and then we're going to get right into the word of God together. So would you bow your hearts with me? God we praise you this morning we praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made we praise you because you love us so much we praise you because you are above us we praise you because you are God and we are not and Lord we thank you for the gospel we thank you for your generosity towards us we thank you for your uh, deep love for us that's so pure and so holy that and we can't even measure the the depths of of love that you have for us God we are grateful this morning for who you are God I pray that you would open our hearts hearts. You would open the heart of every person listening, God, to understand more of who you are, to understand your love for us. God, I pray for the one that doubts, that you will take away doubt. God, I pray for the one that fears, that God, you would bring peace. God, I pray for each and every one of us who are struggling, that God, we will come to you and we would lay our burdens down. And we would ask you, God, to take care of all that's going on in our lives. God, help us to trust you and obey you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to be talking about the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus Christ good news? Because since the creation of humanity, since the creation of the world, since uh, its conception, since its genesis, its beginning, we have all had a longing in our hearts for our Savior. We have all known that there's something in our lives that is not quite right, something in our lives that is missing, something that's longing. Uh, The Bible teaches us that there are things in nature, the the world around us us points to that there is a God, points to the fact that there is a creator. When we look at trees and mountains or anytime we're in nature, we see the birth of a child or uh, the the ways of animals or people's uh, organs and hearts and how they're put together or even how a leaf changes color. And we look at science and we look at the world around us, it points to the fact that this was not a big bang, but this was something intentional and on purpose. And um, theres it's so complex that it can't just be a mass of, of gases coming together to form things. There's so much more to it. When we look at the soul of a person, the emotions, when we look at, at people who are dying, people who are coming into to the world and being born, that's when we see the hand of God. When we look uh, at... At humanity, we see the hand of God. And uh, so from the creation of the world, there has been a longing to know our creator. There's been a longing to know more of where we came from and who we are and what Jesus is. The good news of Jesus, the gospel is Jesus as God coming into humanity, stepping into time and space, stepping into the world as we know it, stepping into history and being a bridge between humanity and God himself. And so Jesus comes to earth and Jesus is part of the Trinity. So the Trinity is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It's all one, but it's three separate parts of the same thing. And so God sends his son, Jesus, part of himself into the world. And he sends him into the world not to bring glory to himself, not to draw attention to who he is, not to uh, be lavished in riches. He sends his son not to have a parade in his honor or plaques put up in his name or statues built of him. He sends his son into the world. He sends a part of himself into the world to be a literal life sacrifice on behalf of humanity so that there could be a bridge between, between us and him, between God and man. So Jesus came, not born in a palace, but came born in a a, a trough manger area where, where, where animals feed. He was born to average people in an average era of humanity before television and cars and internet. He was born into the Roman society. He was born into Bethlehem and he was raised to die. He was raised up to live a perfect life, to be a perfect sacrifice, to be the atonement for our sins. And today I want to talk to you about that good news, that good news that Jesus came and gave his life so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could have access to our creator. We could have access to the one who hung the stars in the sky. We could have access to the one who puts the soul into a person that gives the the life breath into each and every person, that that there's more than a person just born of a man and a woman, but our soul comes from God. Our, our, our creation is his. Our lifeblood is from him. And it draws us back to that Creator. Jesus can draw us back to God. He is the way to God. Now, that third part of the Trinity, you think, Okay, so there's God the Father who sends His Son as a sacrifice. And then the Holy Spirit is when Jesus died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, and the tomb was heavily guarded by Roman soldiers because it was uh, told that that this Jesus, that this God-man, that this, this son of God would die, but he wouldn't stay dead. He would be raised to life, that he would defeat death, and he would be made alive again, resurrected. And that on the third day, he would rise again. And so they put a seal over his tomb. They put guards to guard his tomb because they didn't want any any of that to be true. They wanted their own version of who God was. They wanted the righteous to be uh, exalted. They wanted those who were political to be exalted. They wanted those with money to be exalted. They didn't want some uh, seemingly lowly person Jesus to say that there's access for everyone to God. And so they, they put guards outside of his tomb. But three days later, there's an angel standing outside the tomb that told everyone Jesus is alive. And then Jesus, for uh, a number of days, came and appeared to people all over the known, the known area. And then he ascended into heaven. And when he left, he said, uh, I'm going. I have to go back to heaven. But I'm sending another one the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you into all truth. And then the believers, the people who believed in Jesus that that um, met with him and saw him before he died, he was, they were there when he died and they were there after he died, the believers that came to know who Jesus was and his purpose on the earth, they met together and they began to pray and the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit rested in their hearts. And He is the one that guided them and gave them a a burning desire to preach, a burning desire to teach about this good news of Jesus. And that Holy Spirit today lives inside of me. That Holy Spirit today is available to everyone who believes in Jesus. Jesus left and went back to heaven, but He sent the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit is, is here on the earth, and He can lead us and guide us into all truth. There's a verse in Matthew nine thirteen, and this is so uh, it just is such a big part of this gospel message. Matthew nine thirteen says, "Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners." When God sent His Son Jesus, when God sent Himself to Earth, He sent Himself to Earth not for those who thought that they were wonderful but for those who knew that they were not. Jesus was sent into the world for me. Jesus was sent into the world for you. Jesus was sent into the world for every person who recognizes their need for him. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinner, the one that knows that their lives are not perfect, that knows that they they are in need of a savior. And Jesus came and is that savior whether you believe in him or not whether you trust in him or not the truth remains that he is that savior but this verse in Matthew 9:13 says but go and learn what this means i desire mercy not sacrifice what is mercy mercy is the gospel mercy is not punishing people mercy is not holding grudges mercy is not giving people what they deserve mercy is the unexpected what i deserve for my sin what I deserve for my wrongdoing, for my wrong attitudes, for my uh, just disregard for certain things that I should have regard for, the, the penalty for that, I should pay with my life. I don't deserve anything, and I know it. And yet God came, and he did the unexpected for me. In, 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 when I was 16 years old, he came to me and he said, I'm not going to make you pay for your sins. I'm not going to hold your sins against you anymore, but I'm going to wash them clean. I'm going to remember them no more. And at 16 years old, I said, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came into humanity to save me. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, take away my sins. Give me access to God through your righteousness. And it happened. But here's the thing, it didn't stop when I was 16. I continually pray that prayer day after day after day. And now here I stand at 36 years old, still praying that prayer, still in my prayer closet saying, God, forgive me because I know that I am a sinner. I know that I am not righteous. The Bible teaches us that there is no one righteous, not even one person. That there's no sin that's not common to man and woman. There's not a sin that's not common to me. And so daily, I confess before the Lord, and I say, God, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Forgive me. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinners. And he says, I'm going to do the unexpected, and I'm going to give you mercy. I'm not going to hold a grudge about what you did last year. I'm not going to hold a grudge about what you did 10 years ago. I'm not going to hold a grudge about what you did today. If you confess your sins to God, the gospel says that he remembers our sin no more. He forgives us. He doesn't hold our sin against us. He doesn't punish us for our sins. When we do something that's evil, God doesn't stand there and remind us of our sin. He doesn't continually put in our head, you're a sinner, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. But he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all evil. Should we go on sinning so that we can get more of this mercy? Obviously not, because when we know the love of God, everything changes. When we begin to be transformed by the gospel, we no longer want to sin. We no longer want to do evil, because the Spirit of God begins to dwell inside of us, and it changes us. We become spiritual beings who no longer have a bent towards sin, but we have a bent towards righteousness, and we spend our lives continually wanting to be like Jesus, wanting to be abounding in love abounding in the peace that comes from being obedient to God. There's a freedom that comes in obedience. There's a freedom that comes. There's a peace that passes worldly understanding when we come into right relationship with God and we live for him and we live a righteous life. There is a peace that nothing can compare to. There's no drug that compares to the peace of God. There is no drug that compares to the peace of God. There is no amount of alcohol that compares to the peace of God. There is no relationship or friendship that compares to the peace of God. It is a peace that passes worldly understanding. We cannot understand it, but we can grasp it. We can have it in our hearts. We can have it in our lives that no matter what storm comes at us in life, we don't need a medication of drugs to get us through. We don't need a medication of a codependent relationship to get us through. We don't need money to get us through. We don't need things to get us through. We have the peace of God and it reigns in our hearts and in our lives. And there is nothing that compares to that. That is the gospel. That is Jesus coming into humanity and saying, I am going to pull you out of darkness and into my glorious light. I'm going to pull you out of the depths of sin, and I'm going to let you reign at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ. I will seat you in heavenly places. In Ephesians it says, we were once dead in our transgressions, but now we are made alive in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Remember, mercy is not punishing us. Mercy is not holding grudges. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Mercy is the unexpected. When we receive mercy, we receive rest. When we receive mercy, our debt is paid when we receive mercy, all fear is gone. We are at peace. We are abounding with an abundance of peace. Let's go back to that verse in Matthew. This is that God desires mercy, not sacrifice. There is no amount of good works that you can do that can get you into heaven. There's no amount of days consecutively that you attend a church service that can get you into heaven. There's no amount of places that you could serve food to homeless people that could get you into heaven. There's no amount of good deeds that you could do that could get you into heaven. No matter if you did them all, they wouldn't be enough. The only thing that is enough is Jesus. The only thing that is enough to get you into heaven is Jesus. And he has already paid the price for your sin if you'll accept it by faith. The only thing that can get you into heaven is Jesus, period. The only thing that can get you into heaven is Jesus. We try so hard to do sacrifices. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our money. We sacrifice all these things because at some point in our hearts, we think that if we do good, that God will love us. If we do good, that God will forgive us. It will be a penance for our sin. If we do these prayers or say these prayers, it will make up for what we've done wrong. That's just not what the gospel says. That's just not what the gospel says. The gospel says that the price has already been paid, that it's finished, that it happened when Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered hell, sin, death, and the grave, that it's done there's no amount of good works that will cover you. Do you think your good works are better than the blood of Jesus, God's son? Do you think that your good works are better than Jesus? No, of course not. Jesus is God, and he gave his life, and he finished it all for all time, for all of humanity. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we, we sing to praises to God. That's why we bow our knee before him, because he's already done the work. We don't have to add to his work. It's complete. We don't have to add to it. It's done. He's given us mercy. He desires in our lives mercy and not sacrifice. So he desires that we also would have mercy for other people. That we also, because he lavished his mercy on us, that we would lavish mercy on other people. Romans chapter 12 says, In view of God's mercy... With God's mercy in mind, with this idea that God paid it all for you, that God laid down his very life for you, that God gave it all for you. He paid every price for every sin you ever committed and every sin you will commit, that if you you confess it to him that he is faithful to forgive you. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's forgiveness, in view of God not punishing you, in view of God not holding grudges against you, in view of God loving you abundantly, in view of God's abundant peace, In view of that, offer your body as a living sacrifice to God. What is a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice is that, God, I am now yours. You bought me with a price. And now, God, I will serve you all the days of my life. I am yours. So, God, now do with my life whatever you please. And that's not coming into slavery That's coming into freedom because God's plan for your life is better than any plan you could ever come up with. It's better than the plan your mom could come up with for you or your dad could come up with you or your best friend or your spouse or anyone could come up with you. The plan that God has for your life is better. The plan that God has for your life is supernatural. His wisdom is first, first, of all, pure and peace loving. It's not biased. It's not contaminated with the ways of the world. His wisdom is holy. His wisdom is supernatural. And his wisdom for your life is wonderful. So in view of God's mercy, offer yourself to him. The gospel says come. The gospel says to every corner of the earth, every tribe, every tongue, every good person, every bad person, especially the bad person, come to Jesus. And take the gift of salvation. Take the gift of mercy. Take the gift that says your sins are forgiven completely. You carry them no more. The gospel says, come, accept this free gift. And then in view of that free gift, offer yourself to God so that you can go out and tell everybody else, because this is good news that everyone needs to know that God loves them and he is for them and not against them. He offered his very son. He is beyond generous to us as humanity, giving us all that we need in him. And not only has he given us his son, Jesus, but he has sent his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us in supernatural wisdom. He's given us the Bible. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, when we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, it becomes alive. This book is not black and white ink. This book is living and active. It says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can separate even the intentions of our heart. That God knows the words we're going to speak before we say them. He knows when we sit and when we rise. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows the intentions of our hearts. And that shouldn't scare us because He's merciful. That shouldn't scare us at all. It should bring us peace that there's a God that knows every detail about my brain, every detail about my heart, every detail about who I am. And He loves me and He offers mercy. And not only that, He wants to come alongside me and show me a better way. We all have this uh, lurking question Am I doing this right? Am I okay? God wants to come alongside and show you his way. God wants to come alongside and say, rely on my mercy. Rely on my mercy and realize that I'm not out to get you. I'm out to give you mercy. I'm out to give you wisdom. I'm out to give you all that you need to live life in a godly way. The gospel is mercy. The gospel is free. The gospel is a gift. The gospel is lavished on us. But we have to come to God and accept it. God didn't come to call the righteous or those who think that they are righteous. He came to call the sinner home. He came to call all of humanity and say, I'm your God, you are my people, and I want to make you whole. There's no lack in God. There's no lack in God. There is peace that passes all understanding. There's forgiveness and justice and goodness and joy. So today, if you have never accepted this free gift of salvation, this free gift of forgiveness from your sins, of this gift of mercy, if today your heart is burning inside of you and you just want to say, God, I accept this free gift. God, I want to, in view of your mercy, offer myself to you. Because what can you give to a God who's given you life? What can you give to a God who created you? What can you give to your creator? What could the pot give to the potter? We can give him our lives. We can say, God, I want to go and I want to tell everyone about your goodness. In view of your mercy, I want to go and be merciful. In view of your mercy, I'm not going to go around just trying to sacrifice and do good to earn my way into heaven because I've already earned it through Jesus. I've already accepted the free gift through Jesus, and now I want to be a mouthpiece for you. Now I want to go and do good and show people the love of God, the goodness of God, and daily, continually come before you, and daily you will forgive my sins, and daily you will take away my shame and my guilt, and daily you will make me new. And daily as we read the Bible and as we uh, are transformed by wisdom from heaven, as we're transformed from this book that is a love letter from God, as we're transformed from the wonder-working power, the miraculous power of God, the unexpected love of God, when we're transformed by that, we can be a light in dark places. Where there's darkness, where there's evil, where there's sin, where there's apathy, where there's miscommunication, misunderstanding, where there's fear, we can bring peace. We can bring the love of God. We can bring the Holy Spirit. We can bring all goodness into darkness. We can bring light into darkness. Light dispels the darkness. In view of God's mercy, first of all, we have to take hold of God's mercy. And if you haven't done that yet, today is your day. Today is the day of your salvation. It's simple. It goes like this. You get down on your knees. You bow before God or you bow your head wherever you are. And you say, God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I'm going to give you a minute just to do that. God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. If you've said that prayer a thousand times, say it again right now. God, I believe in you and I believe in your Son, Jesus. Now, God, I ask that you would forgive my sins. I know that I am a sinner. I know that I am not righteous. I know that there are things in my life that just aren't right. And so, God, I confess my sins to you now. Go ahead and take a minute and confess your sins to God. Say, God, forgive me. I know that I'm a sinner. Praise the Lord. Now... You believe in Jesus. You believe in God. You've confessed your sins. And now offer your life to God and say, God, you are bigger than me. I want to serve you with my life. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that is, but God, I want to serve you. And if you've said that a thousand times, say it again now. God, I want to serve you. God, in view of your mercy, I want to offer myself to you. Amen. For those of you who have prayed that prayer for the very first time, you are now called a Christ follower. You are now called a Christian. And the rest of your life will be learning what that means. The rest of your life will be immersing yourself in the Bible, immersing yourself in the ways of God to know more about Him. And the more you know Him, the more you'll love Him. The more you'll find out about the depths of His love, the depths of His mercy, the depths of His plan for you. And what happened right now is you entered from death to life. You entered from living just a regular human life to now living a spiritual life. With Jesus leading the way, with God leading the way, with the Holy Spirit deposited in you. I want to encourage you to go and to tell someone you've made this decision to follow Jesus. Find someone to tell. It doesn't matter if they laugh at you. It doesn't matter if they believe you. It doesn't matter if they like you or dislike you. Find someone to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you want to email me, you can email me. My email's on here. Let me know that you've accepted Jesus. I want to help you to find a great church. Because a church will help you to develop your relationship with God. A church is coming together with like-minded people who are also following Jesus, who are also daily saying, I am a sinner. And God, I need your grace. You're gonna surround yourself with people who have been walking this journey a little bit longer than you, and they can come alongside you and say, Let's walk this journey together. If you prayed that prayer for the hundredth time or the ten hundredth time, tell someone again. Tell someone again, say, I have recommitted my life to God. I have and if you recommit your life to God every single day, that's perfect, and that's what we should do. Tell someone I've recommitted my life to God, I want to follow Him. God is faithful. God promises that he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. He will never turn his back on us. God is for us, not against us. His mercy is abounding for us. There is abundance of mercy. Matthew 9, 13 says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner's. Ephesians says, but because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it has been by grace that we are saved. It's not by our good works. It's not by the the good deeds that we do, but it's by mercy. Micah chapter seven and verse eight says, but you delight to show mercy. Romans 12 says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And I want to close with this verse from one of the last books of the Bible, from the book of Jude chapter 1. I'm turning there now. Jude 1 says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. I pray that there would be an abundance of mercy in your life, an abundance of peace in your life, an abundance of love in your life because of Jesus not because of the good you've done or the good someone else has done, but because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for those who have given their hearts to you today, who have given their lives to you today in view of your mercy, have offered themselves to you. God, I thank you for those who have have decided to go from darkness into light, who have confessed their sins. Jesus, we thank you for your life sacrifice for us. We thank you, Jesus, for the good news of the gospel, the good news that you've given yourself on our behalf. You've paid the penalty for us. And God, I pray that mercy, peace, and love would reign in our hearts and in our lives. Help us to be merciful. Merciful. Help us to be peace-loving. Help us to be loving to those around us. God, help us to be reflections of your light to the world. God, I pray for these new Christians, that God, you would guide them into all truth. God, I pray for these Christians who have been Christians a long time, that you would continue to guide us into all truth. God, help us to keep our eyes on heaven, to keep our eyes on you, and not on the problems and situations in this world. God, I pray that you would move mightily in everyone's life that is listening. We pray all these things in the powerful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.